Welcome to Thriving Your Love, a podcast where we will guide and help you improve your most precious relationships in life. This podcast is produced and hosted by certified emotionally focused therapist, Claudio Vargas Silva, licensed marriage and family therapist, and Trisha Kim Walsh, also licensed marriage and family therapist. Welcome back viewers and listeners. It's Trish and Claudio. And today's topic is, is going to have us reflect very deeply. And Claudio, we just mentioned that this is probably a topic that we're going to be talking on for a few episodes. And the, the name of our focus is how to understand a narcissist partner. So let's all take a deep breath. Because when, and then let that breath out, because when we think about narcissistic personalities, there's a lot of reactivity we have. I've heard so many partners I've worked with in individual therapy come to me, Claudio, and say, I think I'm dating, I think I'm married to a narcissist. And then I know it's going to be an interesting session. So we are dedicating this time to talk about how do we understand this partner. And we want to be mindful that we're not labeling, but we're again, trying to understand when you're in a relationship with someone who has these features, what do you do? Yes, Trisha. And, and I want to normalize, as you mentioned before, and I liked this, uh, this word normalizing, because uh, when we think about narcissism, we feel something kind of negative no one wants to think that they are a narcissist. And we know that we have the pathological narcissism that we are going to talk about later. But I want to uh, normalize that everyone has a little bit of narcissism. Because uh, if we think about a spectrum from zero to 100, With zero, you don't have any pride, any narcissism. You don't feel like you need to be right. You can listen to people, listen to their opinions. You can listen to feedback. You think you can take ownership of your mistakes. That would be like a a perfect non-narcissist. And then we think about 100% narcissist, someone that is really a pathological narcissist, there is no zero. All of us are in some point in this spectrum. I would like to talk about this with a lot of humility, acceptance towards people, understanding, not in a judgmental way. And the purpose of this is really to help couples to understand each other, to be more loving and empathic and compassionate. So that is the purpose, but not to diagnose someone and judge someone in a negative way, Tricia. Right, right, Claudio. Yeah, our efforts are that in a loving relationship, clearly we want to name some of the reasons for why people who have narcissistic tendencies, including ourselves, can be people that we're drawn to. The most common trait I see is confidence, is that someone who has narcissistic features or someone who could be charming and charismatic, these are often people that are in powerful positions, whether that's in a company or even a political office. They could be even 
on a date, someone who seems as though they really have an understanding of who they are and what they want, and they're not at all hesitant to get what they want. And that may be you as a partner, which again, this is where my partners who I see individually and then eventually come into couples therapy to say, I didn't see this coming. They were so charming. They seemed like they were really invested in me. And then things started to change where they seem more focused on their own needs. They're selfish. They're arrogant. They're controlling. At times, I feel that they don't even care about what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling. It's always all about them. And continuing this normalizing, uh, I even want to mention that in my previous marriage, I had a lot of conflict with my first partner about my daughter because I thought that I knew everything about parenting. I thought that she was very soft with our daughter. I thought that we we should be more authoritative. But actually, I didn't realize that I was becoming an authoritarian like my dad was with me and I didn't like. And I wanted it to be different than my dad, but I ended up being like him until when I studied marriage and family therapy And then I started reading books about parenting and also doing trainings. And then I realized, oh my goodness, I was wrong. And my ex-wife actually, she was a better parent than, than I was at that point. And I remember that I talked to a supervisor and I said, you know, I think I am a narcissist. And then she told me, Claudio, you are not, <laughs> because the very fact that you are saying that you are a narcissist, that means that you are not, because for a narcissist, it would be very hard to take ownership of something, to have the humility, to accept that they have a problem. So we see the difference between we being uh, having narcissism traits that all of us have, it's absolutely normal because we are human beings. And as I said, we want to be right. Uh, we are competitive sometimes. And if we become defensive, and if we have opposite opinions, we always want to prove our opinion. We want to be right. We want to fight for our needs to be met. And sometimes we don't realize that people have their needs as well that might conflict with us. What my supervisor was meaning is that the very fact that I was wanting to look into myself and understand what was wrong with me and change, that meant that I was not a narcissist. So we can already start to understand how we can change the dynamic in our relationships by being able to listen to our partner's opinion, to look into ourselves with humility and seeing what we need to change and how we can be more empathic, how we can listen better, how we can be more compassionate, how we can pay attention to our partner's needs, Tricia. Yes, Claudia, I really appreciate you for naming your own personal experience. And as we talk about this, I'm struck also by 
my own experience as a child growing up in a household where my father uh, was Korean identified, um, he's no longer with us anymore. But I do recognize something that we've not had the chance to talk about is that sometimes in certain upbringings, there can be cultural factors into this. My father coming from a household himself where there was a, a bit of a patriarchal understanding of how children were raised. So my father could be very rigid and very critical of me. And it wasn't reflective of my internal experience. So what I found is as I was dating, I was more drawn to men that were very confident and often had a certain level of confidence and control. And as I got to know myself, I realized that I wanted a balance. I wanted vulnerability and wanted empathy, but there was always a pool of the qualities that I found most attractive. And again, having such great respect for my father from a cultural lens and being my father that I felt to be safe and to be loved was also to be controlled. And I see that some of those tendencies of my dad growing up in a household where he was told, you are the son, you know, you are you are meant to be a caretaker to the family, that there were some narcissistic expectations placed on him that made him a difficult father to connect with. And the reason I'm mentioning this is that a lot of my clients like to ask, where does narcissism come from? They do some research, they go on Dr. Google, they try to make meaning because often they say, I love this person, I wanna be in this relationship, but I feel that there's no room in the relationship for me. And I can really relate to that because there was a point in which when I was in a relationship that I would identify as dysfunctional, where I started to get controlling, because as you said, Claudia, we're, we're all human. And so those narcissistic tendencies have kept us alive. It's what, how babies, get the nourishment they need when they're crying. They're saying, I have a need, I'm hungry, I'm, I'm lonely, I'm tired. And then caretaker comes to them, but too much or too less can cause these traits to diagnostically that can lead to severe narcissism. You know, in, in this case for me, um, I would say, I think with therapy and the fact that you are a therapist and you've gone into therapy, these are many examples of how you can respond if you, in fact, are a partner that recognizes you have narcissistic tendencies or you are in a relationship with someone who has narcissistic tendencies, therapy can be a really powerful place to process and understand how was your upbringing? What was it like in your relationship with your caretaker? And we've talked a lot about this, right, Claudio? We love talking about attachment theory. It helps us to understand the world that we came to know too much, too little, often has its tendencies diagnostically to lead into present day challenges in a loving relationship. Yes, Trisha, and it was good that you pointed out to the way we are raised and how it can affect us being raised by someone with narcissism or narcissist tendencies. And what I have seen and by the way, I had a girlfriend that I believe that she was a narcissist. And she said that she suffered a lot in her childhood. Mm. She had a very traumatic childhood. She couldn't tell me actually what happened because for her, it would be very painful. For her to talk to me and tell me what had happened would be in some way very humiliating. And would be very painful, would be very vulnerable as well, 
So she didn't want to mention, but it helped me to have some acceptance, understanding, and even compassion. Mm-hmm. Because when you feel hurt by a narcissist person, it's very, very hard. You you can feel extremely hurt and angry and resentful. But what helps you is to see that behind all that appearance of pride, control, there is someone who feels so weak and so fragile. Mm. And what happens is that this person is a born leader. Mm. This person has the ability, you know, the capacities to be a leader. But because of the trauma that the person suffered, the person had to become more assertive than they naturally are because a leader is by nature assertive. But as they feel so put down, so humiliated, then they try to be assertive, to show force, to show power, and they go over the board. And what is interesting is that when we see them from the outside, we see confidence, Mm -hmm. we see pride. We don't know that in the inside, they feel very weak. Mm. They are always thinking that we want to put them down. Right. We want to humiliate, ridicule them. Yes. Because that's what happened in their childhood. And they carry that image. They think people want to put me down. People want to control me. Right. People want to show off that they are better than me, but I'm going to prove to them that I am better than they are. I want to prove that I am not, you know, someone that they were going to step down, step all over me. I'm going to prove to them my authority, my power. I'm going to assert myself. And then they don't realize that they are becoming controlling. They are becoming authoritarian. They are becoming very selfish. And it's so hard because you want to tell them. Yes. Want to show them what they are doing, how proud they are, how authoritarian, how controlling. When you do that, they feel attacked. It confirms to them, oh, here they are trying to put me down, but they are are not going to put me down. I'm going to show who they are. So it's so hard to have that relationship because it pulls us towards that position that we want to compete with them. We want to show what they are doing. And when we do that, it confirms to them that we really want to put them down. And then we enter in this cycle. And when we are into this cycle, it's so hard to get out. And by the way, this cycle that is created, there is so much force pulling us towards that cycle, you know, because we we feel, oh, this person is trying to control me, is trying to humiliate me. I'm not going to accept that. So we become defensive. And when we try to prove who we are and we try to defend ourselves, we are in the cycle. 
we are in the cycle and it's so hard because that cycle is not going to take us anywhere because the more we try to prove who we are and defend ourselves, it just confirms to the other person that we are really trying to put them down. We are not really uh, acknowledging them and respecting them. So, uh, but the, what I want to say is really how it starts there in childhood, how the person has suffered so much, how we can have compassion and understanding towards the person and towards ourselves as well. Because as I was mentioning, all of us have some narcissism in us. And it also, as you were mentioning now, Trisha, how you suffered in your, in your childhood. And it was the same with me because my dad... He had that machismo, a Latino. He thought that being a father meant to have authority. And, and if I was in pain, if I was crying for something, asking for something, he would have with his authority and try to stop me because I was just spoiled. And then he had to come with his authority to stop my being spoiled, you know, but he didn't realize that he was just not really being empathic and compassionate towards me. And just uh, in, in some way, I was learning with him to be authoritarian as well as I did with my daughter, Trisha. Right. As you're talking about this, Claudio, and we said we knew that this would lead into multiple episodes of us talking about a subject that affects every single one of our listeners and viewers, no doubt, is I also am struck by us being in a system in the world where we put a lot of emphasis on confidence and triumph and achievements and being on top, being first place, getting the gold medal, that we do look for perfection. We do live in a world that wants to obtain that which we cannot achieve. None of us are perfect. And the qualities and traits of a narcissistic personality or someone who is in a world that rewards this, it makes sense that likely you and myself, as well as our viewers, have been in a relationship, whether it's a romantic partnership or someone you may have as a manager, you may have someone as a, as a part, as, as a parent, the world really does reward those people. And that would maybe, yeah, I'm going to be careful with this, not to get too political, Claudio, that we do put the highest level of responsibility politicians with these kinds of personalities. So just as a reminder, this is where a lot of my clients say, I didn't see it coming the relationship went so well, where did it go wrong? Well, that which we really celebrate, we also have to name the other qualities that are just as important we'll speak to in our next episode is compassion, vulnerability, empathy. And if someone is so focused on their own achievements, they're not willing to make mistakes, which actually helps us to be more successful. Going to therapy and saying, I need help, makes you an incredibly brave, courageous person. But to your, your supervisor's point, Claudia, when she said, by the very physician you saying you, you thought you might have narcissism indicated to you that this was not a narcissistic trait because you were being vulnerable and you were being empathic to say, I've created harm and I want to understand how to do better. That's what it means to be human in a world that's flawed 
and a world where we have to make mistakes in order to grow. And that's what this episode is about is continue tuning in. We have more to share with you in just a little bit. Thanks for following with us, everyone. We can't wait to continue this very stimulating conversation. See you at the next episode. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. We hope you'll join us soon again for our next episode of Thriving Your Love.